Hi, this is Caroline Aaron, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Roberts has a reminder that Dee Wallace will join us later on in the hour. We'll be able to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we are bringing you a special encore presentation of a conversation that originally aired in August 2015 with Milt Larson. Milt Larson, founder of the world famous Magic Castle in Hollywood. Milt Larson passed away this past Sunday, May 28th, at the age of 92. We mentioned earlier in the program that Milt Larson was very much a Renaissance man, among other things. He wrote many songs together along with his dear friend Richard Sherman, including two albums of comedy songs in the early 1960s that were re-released both on DVD and on many streaming platforms in the summer of 2015 under the title Smash Flops. Milton Richard talked about their comedy songwriting collaboration when they visited TV Confidential together in August 2015. <laughs> Second man's just as important as the man in the oval room. Ed Robertson was a reminder that we are talking to Richard Sherman, Academy Award winning and Grammy Award winning composer, and Milt Larson, actor, magician, lyricist, and founder of the world famous Magic Castle. Richard and Milt have just re released their album Smash Flops a collection of songs that just missed being smash hits due to unfortunate timing, including Bon Voyage, Titanic, Congratulations, Tom Dewey, When the Hindenburg Lands Today, and many, many others. The re-released Smash Flops includes two new songs, one of which is the Palin for President Polka, sung by her fans who will not give up, and the Fracking Song, sung by hard-hatted friends of fracking. Both Smash Flops and Band Barbershop Ballads are available on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon.com, and wherever music is sold online. Things he wrote them as if they were for real, very sincerely. I mean, so they sound very much like the period in which they were written. We even had, we even took the liberty of writing a song that Mrs. Columbus sang to, uh, to <laughs> Christopher Columbus's mother. Didn't want him to start sailing on these little ships to prove the world was round. She says everybody knows the world is flat. If, <laughs> if it was round, you'd fall off the bottom of it. I mean, it's ridiculous. And so she wrote a song called Christopher Columbus, You Big a Bag of Steam. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be such a smarty when you're falling into <laughs> space. You know, that, that, that was, uh, yeah, we had fun doing it. it was, we, uh, we, well, I we're still having fun more. doing it. <laughs> oh, we do. One of my favorites on the Smash Flops, uh, Richard and Milt, and, and this, this goes back to, okay, it, it may have been written 50 years ago, but aside from a reference to Jack Parr and aside from a reference to Edward R. Murrow, you have a song called Watch World War Three on pay TV, and that, that again, that, that has a very timeless feel to it. <laughs> but, you know, the, on that, and the, the theory of our, our, all of our songs was at the time we wrote that, it was ridiculous that they would ever think of having another war. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was ridiculous anybody would ever pay for television. You could get it free. Why would you do that? So that's a double whammy. They, there's never going to be another world. There, there's never going to be a, a pay TV. And so and we're talking about <laughs> Jack Barr and all those people. But I think that's one of the most prophetic songs ever ever written because we... We tackled it all, and of course, since then, we've had half a dozen wars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Think of the close-ups on the screen. Try to face, you know. 
Isn't this better than Bishop Sheen? Better than the Late Late Show? Watching the boys from your hometown. Fighting whoever they are. Watching the cities falling down. It's greater than Jack Parr. They're all setting up the cameras now. We, we wrote it as a purely sarcastic song, and sure. it became a smash lot because <laughs> it truly is ridiculous. I mean, everybody pays for TV now, pretty much, and uh, uh, there's uh, lots of wars going on all over the place. So it, it was it was just, uh, at the time, it, there was peacetime, and we just were saying, watch World War Three on pay TV, television can be such a thrill. <laughs> and that was out of an original album uh, called Singing Song of Sickness, but the... Uh, and then we retitled it when it came out as a CD as a band barbershop ballads. So uh, uh, we've got some really wonderful, crazy songs in those things. But uh, there's, if you go to YouTube, a couple of people put videos along with our songs, and they're pretty funny. Why do comedy writers always work best in pairs? Uh, Milt, answer that first, then Richard. I can answer that, I think, because uh, as a basic more of a guide writer than a songwriter, but I think it goes for any kind of a writer. When you're sitting looking at a piece of paper, it just doesn't happen. And you, you think of anything else you can do. I'm, I'm the head of the procrastination society. But the, uh, uh, when you have two people, and you meet, and uh, like Bob and Dick Sherman would meet, or my uh, lead partner, Bobby Lahr, and I would meet, the two of us are in an office. Now we're both looking at this piece of paper that needs some words written on it and you start throwing stuff back and forth and all of a sudden it all comes out and that's why I almost you know look at all the team writers and actually any tv show now you look at the credits on some tv shows and they've got a million writers and, and god knows how many executive producers they have these days but uh, i'd like to add to that it's just the, the idea you can't really play tennis by yourself. You've got, you've got to have somebody bouncing the ball back at you again. And many times I'll throw an idea and Milt will say, no, but if you said it this way, and oh, yeah, that's funnier that way. Or that, that, We just throw ideas back and forth. And all of a sudden a good idea will happen. Or Milt will come up and say, how about if we say something like this? I say, I know, but if you say it this way, this way could be better. So we both sort of correct each other or sort of help each other. And uh, it's, uh, it's a combination of both our brains that make it happen. And uh, I think that goes true. true yeah, and there's another I thing there, I think, that uh, both Richard and I are basically historians. His father was a great songwriter. Mm -hmm. uh, I was taught by a burlesque comedian by the name of Snag Wares how to write gags. And when we write a lot of these songs, we think, like, we have a musical... Uh, a full stage musical called Pizzazz, mm -hmm. and we wrote songs that we thought would represent the era of 1899. And because we know that that thing, and Dick has done a marvelous job of, uh, in all of his songs, capturing the feel of, look at Mary Poppins and the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, I mean, they're period songs, mm -hmm. and, and uh, he captures it, and they... I'm working with a friggin' genius. <laughs> I tell you, thank you, Milton. But I, here's the thing: you gotta love what you do. Sure. I mean, I I love songs. I love really well-written songs. I can listen to a great, well-crafted song by 
Berlin or Rogers and Hart, and I start to cry. I mean, it's so beautiful. It's, it just gets to me. And I love songs, and I've always loved turn-of-the-century song. Milton's collection of records, that's how we met, mm-hmm. but Milton ha- has this vast collection of, uh, of popular music of the, the, of the last century that go way back to the turn of the, of the last century. And so uh, we, we sort of got that feel, and we used to play records constantly with each other just to, to listen to these wonderful old artists and these great old songs that were written. And you just sort of get inspired by that. I mean, that, that's one of the, the things that's all... It's all about, as Milton says in his book, he wrote a beautiful book on his life, and uh, he said, I never worked a day in my life. And what, that, what he meant by that was he works very hard mm-hmm. at what he does, mm-hmm. but he loves what he does, so it's not work for him. That's right. Yeah, Richard's the same way. You know, we feel sorry for people that have no goal in life, and they punch the clock, and they go to work, and they park on the freeway for a while, and then they uh, get to a certain point in life, and they retire and play one round of golf and and pass out on the uh, golf course, you know, and that's just no life. We just love working. And, you know, we're both, it's, it's what we call octopluses now. You don't Octopus. ever say how old you are. But, the, uh, but uh, we'll never give up because we just, every time, Dick and I get together just about what, every week, and sometimes if we have nothing better to do, we'll knock off a song or we'll, talk about this, the composers on my radio show or whatever. You know. yeah, Milton has these, these radio shows, and they're beautiful, and I guest, uh, I'm i a guest on them, and I, I, we talk about the great songs of the past and the great songwriters of the past on his show. Oh, yeah, the Tin Pan, Pan Alley songwriters. Yeah. yeah, Tin Pan Alley songwriters. And, uh, uh, you know, you know, you know the songs, but you never know who wrote them, even one of the great writers of all time, Harry Warren, but the average person has no idea who that is. Yeah, they they know about maybe Irving Berlin and George Gershwin, but there's all these people. I was looking at my notebook here. I just finished a thing on Dick Mizzy, well, you know, and Ali Rubel. But well, you, those are not common names. Well, if well, I might be mixing up Dick Mizzy with Vic Mizzy. I mean, Vic Mizzy wasn't he the guy who did the Adams Family thing? Yeah, he did that. He also did A. You're adorable. You remember that song? Yes, I do. <laughs> Oh, he, you know, he, he wrote a lot of big hits, but nobody knows his name. I mean, that's as, as obscure yeah, as that's, you can. That's just what we talked about. Is the fabulous songs that people wrote, but they made a wonderful living writing songs. I've been dozens and hundreds of songs, but you just, until you hear the song, and then you oh, my God, did he write that, you know? Well, and, and a lot of times the, the story behind the song is almost as compelling as the song itself, and that kind of adds to the legend of the music, doesn't it? It does, and it, it's, it's one of the things. Everybody who writes good songs, writes a successful career at it, has had dreams and, and wonderful ideas, and they're inspired by life, and they're inspired by observations, and they're inspired by books they read and, and, and headlines and all those things. It's living living and absorbing and then recreating in your own talent what you can do with it. And so I think uh, it's kind of wonderful to explore these people and find that, well, we always say they have to have at least three or four classic songs that everybody would know mm-hmm. before they can be our subject for whom we, we pay uh, homage. And uh, these remarkable people have done such wonderful things. You, you, it's a very thrilling thing for us to do. So we paid homage to how many? About 150 uh, great writers so far, Milton? Oh, we've done 180. 180? See, yeah. I didn't know that. I was looking them up wow. the other day. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
And uh, uh, these are people that, uh, you know, we've done some of the uh, famous songwriters, but uh, oh, sure. Jimmy we, Matthew, yeah. which is not, people really don't know his name, but they do know Irving Berlin and Rogers and Hart and and Hammerstein. But the main thing is, with all this, and it, whether it's writing smash flops or bang barbershop ballads or, uh, <laughs> in Dick's case, <laughs> I hate to say this, Dick, but it's a small world after all. Everybody <laughs> hates that song. It does love terribly. Not everybody. Half the people love me, too. Well, Half well, want to the writer, Reader's Digest at one point published the 10 greatest earworms in the world, and uh, It's a Small World happened to be number one in that list. <laughs> and he's pretty proud of that thing. You know, I wish I'd written that with him. But I, uh, Brother Bob wrote it with him. So. <laughs> We're talking to Richard Sherman and Milt Larson. Richard and Milt have just re-released their albums Smash Flops and Band Barbershop Ballads, both of which are albums of songs that just missed being smash hits due to unfortunate timing. Both Smash Flops and Band Barbershop Ballads are available on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon.com, and wherever music is sold online. This conversation with Richard Sherman and Milt Larson originally aired in August 2015 here on TV Confidential. Milt Larson passed away this past Sunday, May 28th, at the age of 92. I am envious of songwriters in several respects, one of which is, I mean, because Richard, you talked about how, you know, you observe and you, you capture the story that you, you observed as best you can. But the remarkable thing about songs is you have to tell a complete story beginning, middle, and end in three minutes, four minutes, or in the case of many of the smash flops, less than two minutes. That's hard. Yeah, really. It's, that's Hello? very true. You know, we've, we've, a lot of our smash flop songs are very short because, you know, uh, after you do the, the lines and the setup and everything, uh, watch World War Three on pay TV, that is all, you can stop right there. I mean, people start giggling when they say, well, hey, the run of war, you know. Yeah, the, the challenge, one of the things that, that we try to do is come up with a, with a killer last line mm-hmm. so that the, the gag holds. Yes. Like for example, we were doing, paying tribute to this wonderful expensive airplane called the Spruce Goose, if you remember. That's right. with eight engines and everything. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the thing, we uh, we had this line, when you climb away to new heights, all you've got to fear is termites. We hopped that when the Spruce Goose takes the sky, which is so ridiculous. It, I think it was up in the air for, what, 15 seconds or something? <laughs> and that was it. And we paid two zillion dollars for it. Uh, one of our our wonderful lines I've always loved on that one was, uh, "When the spruce goose takes to the sky, proving lumber yards can fly." <laughs> exactly. I mean, what you have to do is follow through with a preposterous idea and top it. And so that's what where Milt's genius comes in is to come up with great topping lines. He's uh, he's fantastic with that, and uh, we have lots of fun with this. We laugh our heads off. And it's nice to be talking about them now because the world needs some laughs. It's a very grim world right now. It is very... Uh, terrible things happen every day. And if we can sort of laugh at some of the preposterous things in life, it's a little bit of a tonic for the soul. Well, very true. It, it, it is very true. We only got about a minute left. Richard and Melch, you mentioned that you've got uh, the musical Pizzazz in the works, yeah. which, which goes back to the gay 90s. Uh, what, what else do you have on the works? 
Well, we have a lot of ideas that are still culminating. We have a, our, our first musical was called Charlie Sent Me, which took place in the in the Prohibition era. We're very proud of that one too. That was produced uh, as a t- TV, as a radio show, oh, yeah, and we yeah, want to yeah. one day produce that on the stage too. It's going to be wonderful. Well, we have a lot of things. We have stuff in the trunk we haven't used yet, and and uh, and you know, Dick just wrote the song to the ending of the uh, Disneyland every night to have the fireworks. And Dick, tell him a little bit about that, if you got a moment. Oh, well, yeah, it was just that uh, uh, Walt Disney was the one that came up with the idea of giving the folks a little extra something when they left the park, they left the Disneyland park, and uh, he wanted to give them a little souvenir, so he loved uh, fireworks, and so he called it a little kiss goodnight for the folks when they leave. And when I heard that story, oh, my God, I had to write that. So I wrote a song called A Kiss Goodnight, and uh, the people at Disneyland fell in love with it, and now it closes every night. Uh, the shows uh, after the fireworks and everything go, then everybody hears this song, which is actually Walt's way of saying thanks for coming and come again. You know that type of thing. It's yeah. a very inspired song. I love Walt Disney very much, and it was kind of written for him. Although it's just yeah. talking about. And Dick's got that nice little combo uh, playing with the, the London Philharmonic Orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, Disney Disney does things very cheap, cheap jack. Philharmonic. <laughs> And they, and they flew the gal that played Mary Poppins, Ashley Brown, out to fl- to sing it. So she sings it with this glorious voice, and we had a great time recording it. And, yeah, it's quite a nice thing. And really, I'm very pleased with this song. So that's uh, uh, my latest piece of work. Well, that and, and Smash Flops revisited our, our, our album. Yeah, that's our latest, latest piece of work. Yes, yeah. well, it, it has been a pleasure to chat with both of you, Richard Sherman and Milt Larson, and I hope we'll have a chance to do this again sometime. Thank you, Ed. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for talking to us. Academy Award-winning songwriter Richard Sherman, along with Milt Larson, founder of the Magic Castle, from a conversation that originally aired in August 2015. Milt Larson passed away this past Sunday, May 28th, at the age of 92. Take a quick time out, then D. Wallace will join us. We come back on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415 415- 886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.